Captain. Let's move. ABC Thursdays. Firefighters, we're family. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. The subject has explosive chemicals. Get down! With fiery romances. You're the love of my life. And Andy is finally in charge. I'm going to be the best damn captain the station has ever seen. Station 19, all new Thursdays, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. The Jason and Alexis podcast is brought to you by our friends at Sears Imported Autos, serving four generations of happy returning customers. Sears Imported Autos is just 10 minutes west of downtown on 394 in Minnetonka. More information at SearsImports.com. Hey, Jace, did I see you drive by my house in a new car? You sure did there, Goober. I waved to you in your front lawn. Nice. I didn't know you were getting a new one. Where did you go, Jason? I went to Sears Imported Autos, and I really wasn't planning on getting a new car. But I went online, I saw a car, I went in there, and Sue, I love Sue, her service was amazing. And it really was one of those examples of customer service makes a difference. And it's not a surprise to me. They've been in business for over 55 years, serving not one, not two, not three, four, Lex and Dawn, four generations of happy customers, and now I'm one of them. They were named best of the best for Mercedes for 2018 and 2019. I mean, it is really where, as they say, quality meets affordability. The selection of their certified pre-owned vehicles will help you find like a dream car at the price you want. So if you're going to get a car, Dawn or Lex, Sears Imported Autos, where are they again, Lex? Sears Imported Autos is just 10 minutes west of downtown on 394 in Minnetonka. More information at SearsImports.com. And when you walk into Sears Imported Autos, make sure you say you heard about them from Jace. Good morning, everybody. And welcome to Jason and Alexis in the morning, the 8 o'clock and final hour on this Thursday, March 18th, 2021. I'm Jace with Lex, Dawn, and Kenny. Kenny. We're so glad you're here. We had the dirt alert coming up, plus another winner in our $100 or pick your prize contest. Mm-hmm. I always get that contest wrong, but yeah, it's going to be a good day. Plus, uh, I have uh, a jump the shark today. And oh, uh, yeah, so we'll reveal that. But right now on Thursdays at the top of the eight o'clock hour, uh, we give you the opportunity, whether you want to or not, to enter my mind. And I, it's a very scary place. Uh, that's why we only do it once a week, because you do not want to stay there for very long. Um, so get ready. I'm really I don't want to oversell this, but I, I, Kenny, everyone will love this one. I've been this was one of the events when I thought of the segment that I couldn't wait to do. And I thought, you know what? I'm oh. just going to do it. So Please we are tell. going today's the day. We are going down the rabbit hole. Here they go down the rabbit hole, down the rabbit hole, down the rabbit hole. are going to explore, as we do in this segment, uh, in, in detail, a moment in pop culture history. We are going to go back today to May 21st, 1992. This day is uh, lives in TV history because it is the day, the night, rather, of the penultimate episode of The Tonight Show with Johnny Carson. And the reason this episode was such a big deal was not just because Johnny was signing off after 30 years in late night, 
But because of the two guests that Johnny picked to be his two final guests, um, because the final, final Tonight Show, which... I'm sure I will eventually do in a rabbit hole segment, was a clip show. Johnny wanted it to be very quiet. He didn't want a big big hurrah. He wanted the final Tonight Show. He actually even joked that just to piss NBC off, he wanted to put on a rerun for his final show. But anyway, which still is one of my favorite things ever. Um, But Johnny chose as his two final guests, Robin Williams and Bette Midler. Um, which for talk shows, you know, even if the late great Robin was still around, you would be hard pressed to find even today, two better talk show hosts or I'm sorry, guests. And, and that was, that was the the case, uh, back in 1992. Uh, so I'm, this is going to be a weird rabbit hole because I'm really going to shut my mouth through most of it because the sound that I have for you is not readily around and a lot of you probably have never heard it or if you've heard it, it was only back in 1992. And it is the two reasons why Bette Midler won an Emmy for this appearance. She actually won an Emmy for just wow. being a guest on a t- on a tonight on a late night show because she was so fantastic she prepared she had bits and um and you'll see why i'm going to roll both of these clips in its entirety because audio wise it's just entertaining um the first is bet had written a whole song for Johnny uh, that was hysterical. She she asked Johnny if she could read it, and there she sits next to him on his famous set and starts uh, <laughs> starts reading this song, which is really kind of um, a lyrical song poem to Johnny. So here it is, Bette Midler in her Emmy-winning performance. They think I don't have it written. It is written. Dear Mr. Carson, I am writing this to you, and I hope that you will read it so you'll know. My heart goes pitter-patter, and I stutter, and I stammer every time I see you on your TV show. I guess I'm just another fan of yours, and I thought I'd write and tell you so. (laughs) (laughs) I thought that was pretty sweet, guys. You made me watch you I didn't want to do it Jack Parr had put me through it You made me watch you I love the jokes you're flogging When you are monologuing I watched your hair turn slowly From dark to white And when I can't sleep I count your wives at night. <laughs> <laughs> Love you, babe. I drop my drawers for the kind of bucks you're making for simple double taking. Before you bid adieu, don't be cheap. Put the Cordova to sleep. That's his producer. <laughs> The shivers Arsenio is at the gate And so's Joan Rivers You know they made me Watch you So they think she's done She gets up 
And she sits on his desk, and she's not done. just that when I heard that you were leaving, well, it kind of broke my heart. I mean, I can't tell you how many nights I've laid in bed watching you, thinking to myself, should I change the color of my toenail polish? <laughs> you know, Johnny, I gotta tell you, you're the greatest straight man that ever walked the earth, and I've known my share of straight men. I gotta ask you, though, Johnny, what are you gonna do with all that free time? I mean, Wimbledon only comes. It's only one week a year. Did you ever really stop to consider what would become of Ed? <laughs> Ed McMahon. Not to mention Don. And the band. Well, maybe I'm just being selfish, because after all, my life is going to change the most. I mean, how am I going to get by without you? You sexy thing. <laughs> your charm, your wit. Your talent, your civility, and all your fabulous, fabulous guests. Here we go. Oh, I'll miss the social intercourse so very. Now I have to have it with the guy I marry. <laughs> no wonder she won. Oh, Boy. she's not. She wasn't done. Wow. Um, Lex knows that one of my favorite, and I really do mean this. I'm not being Jason. That's why I was very excited for today's rabbit hole. Single-handedly, one of my favorite moments in TV history is what I'm getting ready to play. Uh, and that, in- that includes Dallas. That includes Knott's mm-hmm. Landing and Oprah. So, uh, Bet got to close out the show. And to... Uh, I was getting ready to say to not get too inside baseball, but hell, that's what this segment's for. Um, Johnny, the the Tonight Show only had, um, they had a structure. They only had certain shots that they would always do. Um, And you never, ever saw the camera show Johnny watching a musical performance. For the, right. first, for the first time, the camera moved to show Bet kind of in the foreground, and you saw Johnny in the background, and you saw him with tears in his eyes watching um, Bet sing one of Johnny's favorite songs. And, and, and the song was One for My Baby. And you oh. see Johnny behind her. I'm getting chills thinking about it. You see Johnny behind her with his uh with with his uh hand holding his head and tears in his eyes watching bet sing the song so here is the end of that song uh where bet is is bidding adieu to Johnny Carson well that's how it goes and john i know you're getting anxious too close So thanks for the cheer I hope you didn't mind me Bending your ear For all of the years For the laughs, for the tears For the class that you show Make it one 
for my baby And one more for the road That long, long She goes, she goes over to Johnny to put a lay around his neck because Bet's from Hawaii, and Bet has, and you can see it in this clip. And I would encourage you guys to look at the visual of this. Johnny and, and Bet are hugging, and she becomes overcome with emotion and starts bawling before she leaves the set. And Bet has subsequently said that. She was backstage sobbing like she couldn't stop because she loved Johnny. Johnny was one of the first mainstream uh, hosts to ever put her on when she was wild and crazy as the divine Miss M. So as much as the audio is good, my talkers today, now that you've heard it, I would encourage you. You can find it on YouTube. Go watch this and try not to cry. I mean, it's just it's such. And as Alexa, Alexa, I'm so glad you said that to wrap this up. It really does remind you. What a f- how amazing Bet is as a performer and as a singer. I mean, my goodness. I mean, well, it's how just... funny and then how tender to end it like yes. that. It's just yeah, yeah. Your heartstrings. Oh, so, and, and so... there's been nobody since Johnny that had the ability to make people an instant star. Nope. I, nope. I can't think. Nobody's nope. matched that ability. No, we'll never see that again. We'll nope. never, yeah. ever, ever see that again. So there we go. Okay, uh, we're out of the rabbit Aww. hole. When, when we come back, everybody, uh, it is Elizabeth Reese and the Dirt Alert and another winner. Stay with us. Hey, ladies, want to go for a test drive? Um, I knew it, Don. Jason's buying us a car. So do you mind if I ask for one with a moonroof and heated cup holders? Guys, I'm not going to buy you a car. We're going to test drive a new smile. Rude. No, goofball. Your smile is great. But look, if you don't like your smile for whatever reason, Dr. Amy at Hughes Dental can take you for a smile test drive. How does that work? Well, after someone does one of Dr. Amy's legendary virtual smile consults and they start to consider veneers, Dr. Amy can do a 30-minute... Hey, it's Mike, and I'm so excited to tell you about Factor's delicious, ready-to-eat meals. You know I love good food, and that is what I love about Factor. It's fresh, never frozen meals that are chef crafted, dietitian approved, and get this all ready to go in just two minutes. Never get sick of the same thing with Factor as you'll have over 35 different options to choose from every week. That includes Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and if you're watching the carbs like me, a great keto option as well. Also, there are more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. What are you waiting for? Get started today and get after your goals. Head to factormeals.com slash JAPOD50 and use code JAPOD50 to get 50% off. That's code JAPOD50 at factormeals.com slash JAPOD50 to get 50% off. Appointment where she puts on a composite material that will show the patient what their actual new smile could look like. That's some Star Wars stuff right there. Well, that's why I call Dr. Amy, the Yoda of dentistry. 
contact Dr. Amy and ask her about virtual smile consults and the smile test drive at Hughes-Dental.com. Oh, and don't forget, Dr. Amy can be your regular dentist, too. Again, that's Hughes-Dental.com. And follow them on Instagram for the latest promotions. This is a My Talk Dirt Alert. Elizabeth Reese is standing by with the big pop culture headlines in the day of the day in the Dirt Alert. But first, Alexis is standing by with another winner in our Pick Your Prize contest. Roll it. We have a winner. Winner. Pick a prize. Any prize. I want to hear the name of our winner. Winner. Congratulations to Paula Mickle of Halton, Wisconsin. And you're also you also qualify to win our grand prize in our in your pick your prize contest, which basically means you can pick your prize. Yeah, (laughs) good prizes. Yes, that's right. And you don't have to call us back. We'll contact you. Yes, Yes. Uh, we call her every day. It's Elizabeth Reese with the Dirt Alert. Hello, Elizabeth. Well, good morning, guys. On a beautiful day in the neighborhood. That's right, Mr. Rogers. Yeah, it really is. It's very nice. So it's nice to be with you today. If you missed Alexis Thompson uh, as our feature in our Coffee with Cool People series on Twin Cities Live yesterday, you can watch it on TwinCitiesLive.com. It was very wonderful. There were lots of nice things said about you too, Jason. Oh, oh, cool! Yeah. By by who? Who said nice things? Just, oh, Alexis. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Alexis. Just okay. rando, oh, randable. Yeah. You oh, yeah. know. Yeah. Okay. It just reminds me, like we've been making radio a long time, and the fun, and the mm-hmm. respite, and just you know, having a great time. So it's mm-hmm. good to talk about that. And my baby's in there too. So thanks for having me. Oh my gosh, that was, was fun. So cute, guys. He tried to hug me through the computer screen. <gasps> oh, that's God. how loving this baby oh. is. Oh. He did. Yeah, I mean, he reached out his arms to hug me through the screen, and I was like, "Well, of course, Alexis and Angel would create a human that would do that. Oh, of course, of course, of course. Of course. adorable. Oh, it's so sweet. You um, had a good moment of the day. <laughs> I caught him post nap. It was always yeah. feeling good. Oh gosh. Well, let's get to a bunch of dirt. There are a few really interesting stories I wanted to share with you today. Number one, um, Vanessa Bryant has named the sheriff's deputies who allegedly shared photos of the Kobe Bryant crash scene. This is very yes. interesting, and um, a judge dismissed efforts by the L.A. Sheriff's Department to keep the deputies' names sealed in a lawsuit. That happened just last week, and so then Vanessa Bryant publicly shared her legal complaint against the L.A. County Sheriff's Department and circled um, the defendants that were listed in red and uh, circled their four names. And these are the guys that uh, apparently shared their personal photos, took their cell phones out to take gratuitous photos of mm. the dead children, parents, and coaches. Mm. And then yeah. um, the photos quickly spread within the sheriff's department as deputies transmitted them to one another via text message and airdrop. And within 48 hours, at least 10 members of the sheriff's department obtained photos of the victim's remains on their personal cell phones, Mm. despite having no legitimate governmental use of the photos. That's what the filing read. Mm. Disgusting. Yeah, it really is. And it was basically like, hey, look, this is dead Kobe Bryant and his daughter. I'm going to send you these. Can you believe this? Send you these photos. It's really inappropriate. And when you think about, you know, hey, why do high school students like screenshot things and then share them for humiliation of others (laughs) because adults do it. 
Yep. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, right. it's very sad. And they've long had issues with um, celebrity legal things being leaked to publications and all of that. But I think this really took it to a new level and Vanessa Bryant isn't going to stand for it. And so nope. she's um, she's saying not only is she taking legal action, but she's going to make it public so that people know what happened. Oh, it's so gross. Yeah, like, why, gross. why would you ever think that that would be okay? Oh, it's such a bad idea. And then them sharing, one of them sharing it with just people at a bar. Oh, yeah. I know. Ugh. Like, hey, look at this. Oh, disgusting. Real people and their children. Oh, it's very sad. I mean, what happens now? Is she seeking money? Is, is yeah, it is but a, I awareness? Think, yeah, I think it's an awareness thing. And it's I think it's money so that it is so that it's such a um, a deterring factor yeah. in future incidents so that these people who work in law enforcement and in these really sensitive positions know that this is unacceptable. Yeah. Wow, Which it's pathetic. But... I was just going to say you would think that they would know that. I know you would think they would know that too. It's not good. Um, okay, this is interesting. So the crew working on the movie House of Gucci. This is why Lady Gaga is in Rome. She's shooting this movie with Adam Driver. And the crew has been given total creative freedom and access to the Italian label's fashion archives. Oh, Ooh, imagine. Wow. Yes. <gasps> So wow. it, um, this is a murder drama movie that follows the story of the late Maurizio Gucci, played by Adam Driver, the head of the Gucci fashion house, and his ex-wife, Patrizia, which is uh, being played by Lady Gaga. She's apparently not that happy about Lady Gaga playing her, but I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Um, but the Gucci president and CEO confirmed yeah. to Women's Wear Daily that uh, they'd opened their archives and given total creative freedom to the House of Gucci production. They're happy to collaborate with everybody and um, imagine what the what the archives look like. I, I oh don't know. God. I can't. Yeah. I, wow. Amazing. So Magical. it's going to I know it's going to be really incredible to see this movie, I think. So um, they're shooting it on location in Italy. Jared Leto. Um, is in it as well. He stars as fashion designer Paolo Gucci. And so there's been lots of hype about this film. Jared Leto, unrecognizable in his costume. Cool. And so his good. look. like He's so good. He really is. Yeah, bald top of his head with like a lot of hair coming down the back. <laughs> and then the photo of him is in a pink corduroy suit. Yeah, it's hard to make him look ugly, you know, so. Yeah. That's I think this, kudos to them. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Um, but the photos of Adam Driver and Lady Gaga are just like magical too. Oh, so. and people are using oh. them for memes. I saw oh, them. Yeah. Gay Twitter exploded with those. I mean, it's like yes, yeah. Because of his sweater. It's really yeah. good. Good stuff. Thanks, friends. Thank you. Thank you. you. Elizabeth. Elizabeth Reese today at three on Twin Cities Live. So watch her there. Hey guys, pick your prize. Register for it. You can win a trip to Disney World or a $10,000 shopping spree at Rosedale. We'll be back after this. Jason and Alexis in the morning. We have talked about this docuseries on HBO a couple times. And now that the conclusion is here, we will wrap up that talk. We're talking about Pharaoh uh, versus Allen, the Woody Allen documentary, Mia Pharaoh family on HBO and HBO Max. And Lex, I was not taken. That's being dramatic, but I read what you wrote on her sheet. Lex wrote, having a hard time watching Alan and Pharaoh. And uh, I'm with you. What? what uh, it's really frustrating to watch. Uh, if you don't believe Dylan 
after watching this, you got to ask yourself, what, <laughs> why? Yeah. Uh, also, so I, I got through two, and then I, I started watching the third one, and I just had to turn it off. There was just, it feels, the cover-up by the, if it was a police or child services, the therapists, to protect Woody Allen is just disgusting. And on top of that, the actual documentary is really frustrating to watch, too. There's a lot of taped conversations that Mia had taped with him. And it's mostly her kind of talking. And I find her voice kind of whiny. So I think that that on top of that, (laughs) just listening to her, but also just his manipulation, you can really see it play out. Uh, it, It... it's just really, really hard, hard to watch and to get through. And you wonder, like, what else happened that he that hasn't been revealed or if there are others. It's just so gross. Are you feeling uh, the same way as you're watching, Jace? Or I felt that plus four. Um, <laughs> and it is frustrating for me on another level. Um, as a survivor of three people molesting me, um, watching that first episode was probably, look, I mean, I, you know, I've done my, my, my share of working through my own issues with what happened to me. Um, but watching that first episode in particular was um, I, I I not had a lot of things that have triggered me. The only thing that was um, that was close to what I would put in the category of triggering was right before I moved here, my mother and I were in a grocery store and we encountered one of the people that had raped me and that person had their new child in a shopping cart. Oh. And the child was named Jason. And my mother did not know at the time. And it was, uh, and I was 22 then. And that is triggering. That, that was a trigger. This, this was um, triggering just because I could relate to the manipulation and I could relate to what his victims were going through the frustration to not be believed for so to not long. Be, exactly. This and to be, and then the frustration like you Lex came not, um, not the same recipe of frustration. My anger and frustration came at the fact that um, in hindsight now, I don't know how these stars that continue to work with him can continue mm. to work with him. Yeah. Um, People that people that I like, I'm fans of that I respect. I don't know how you can come out of watching this. And and then, you know, I did a subsequent interview uh, three weeks ago, Lex. I don't know if you got to this point in the episode with Rosanna Scotto, who is a long time. She's like the Amelia Santanello of New York. Um, she's like the Dave Dahl of New York. I mean, she's an instit- she's a broadcasting institution. Yeah. And she was friends with Mia, and Mia gave her 
in the very first interview, even before 60 Minutes. And Rosanna knew every aspect of the story. And I point blank, I, I, Rosanna works for my company. We're in the Fox family. And we had a, a, an additional conversation. And, she's, and I said, can I just ask you point blank, did you ever doubt and do you doubt the story? And she said, obviously, I had to act as a journalist. She goes, but you, you can't. She's like, you just can't doubt the story. No. So it is just frustrating on a, I, I, I just don't, I don't get it. I don't understand how. Well, and that documents were changed too. Yes. Then they went back. He had donated all of his manuscripts from projects that really didn't take flight. And all of the themes of older men and younger women. And he changed yes. the age to younger and younger. younger. And just, oh, and then, and then I guess Mia, the manipulation of her too. I mean, you, you just, she's such a fragile person, and yet strong because she did fight for her child. But you can just hear like how she was just trying to please him and trying to get to you know what was happening, and he was just gaslighting her left and right. I don't even know. We're talking about uh, the HBO documentary. What I'm saying, yeah. We're talking about Allen or Farrell versus Allen on HBO. If you just tuned in, Lex, I don't even know how you get past the moment where Mia Farrow finds photos. Yeah, Polaroids. Polaroids in the apartment of Woody and Soon Yi engaging in sexual activity. How do you get past that? Yeah, and not get your kids out of there and just... I, I, I Again, and yeah, I'm not blaming Mia. Ooh. I'm just asking the general question of, I, I don't even... Conversation over. Yeah. <laughs> if you, you are looking at... Uh, yeah, anyway. Well, because he... D- well, I'm saying he was gaslighting. He yeah. would come back and, and, oh, well, he had an answer for everything that, you know, now in hindsight, I'm sure she's going... Why did I? Why? But it was just this grand manipulation that he had, not only on Mia and the children, but also this, you know, everyone, at least in New York City, he was a hero. He put a spotlight on the city. His films were indie and everybody loved it and funny. And so the thought that he would even do this, it's just, it's just so icky when you think about the putting him on a pedestal like that. Dawn, you said that Esquire had a good article about this? Yes. Okay, so um, it's actually the title of it is the exact words of what Alexis said. It's titled, If You Still Don't Believe Dylan Farrow and Alan versus Farrow, It's Time to Ask Yourself Why. And it's by a guy named Dom Nero. And he goes through a whole transformation in this article about how he basically worshipped Woody Allen. He he had posters all over his walls in college. He was a film student. Um, he made his short films kind of, he wanted to be Woody Allen. 
He loved him so much. Just one of those super fans his whole life. So then through this article, um, he got mad watching the documentary because he said that something within him was saying these women are not telling the truth. They seem vindictive, unhinged and crazy. So then he had to reflect after he watched the whole thing. Why did he not believe them? And he came to the conclusion that his whole life and really with men, like when women leave the room, there's this whole attitude and it's just perpetuated from older men saying she's crazy or they're all crazy. And so you go through your life from the time you're a boy until you're a man with older men don't challenge that and they actually implant that idea that women are crazy all women are crazy and they're unhinged and they lie and don't tell the truth and so he had to challenge that within himself and then realize by the end of it that it was his own bs within himself and this this underlying thing within himself that he thinks a lot of men the ones who don't believe this and they still stick up for woody allen that that's their problem is that they just have had this idea that all women are crazy and they're probably lying, just beat into their heads. So he has, he changed his mind and he's like, how can you not believe her? So I thought it was a really good article about somebody who was way on the other side and then was like, it's time to ask yourself why you still don't believe Dylan Farrow. Uh, yeah. I, wow. I, I, I'm I'm like you though, Lex. I had to stop watching. I I've only to. watched yeah. the first I, episode. Um, it was pretty triggering for me. Yes. And uh, but I do plan on watching the rest of it just because um, I found it fascinating. Um, and you know, I, I want to see the whole thing. I just haven't been in the place <laughs> mentally to yes. watch the rest. Absolutely. Uh, you can see it if you uh, so choose on HBO Max or HBO On Demand. It's 843. What has jumped the shark today? You'll find out when we come back. In the lee of a picturesque ridge lies a small, unpretentious winery, one that pampers its fruit like its own babies. Hi, I'm Moira Rose. And if you love fruit wine as much as I do, then you'll appreciate the craftsmanship and quality of a local vintner who brings the muskmelon goodness to his oak chardonnay and the dazzling peach crab apple to his Riesling Rioja. Come taste the difference good fruit can make in your wine. You'll remember the experience and you'll remember the name, Herb Irvlinger. Bert Herngeif, Irv Hermlinger, Bing Livehanger, Livelink, Bert Herkern. <laughs> Welcome back. The great Catherine O'Hara, Moria Rose from Scheitz Creek. Oh, man. Love her. It's good. Jason and Alexis in the morning. Okay. I've been meaning to go back and watch that. You I, should. I only got through like four episodes and I had enough. Do it. You should do it, Lex. But I'll do it back, for the yeah. do it for the country. All right, I'll do it. I'll do it. What you eating over there? I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I, I'm just I, like mm, sounds delicious. No, I did something. Mm. I I Don Shelby told me once: never eat a nut during a commercial break. And I had. <laughs> 
Uh, yeah, that's probably good advice. Yep. It's, uh, you know, it's usually only three minutes. It doesn't give you a lot of time. Sometimes you feel like a nut. Sometimes, sometimes you don't. I'm enjoy got nuts. So my apologies. Don't. My stomach was literally gargling, so I had to do something. I don't need the crew hearing me for the Jason show. Okay. Um, here we go, everybody. Every day we name a person, place, or thing that is, uh, well, we're done with. That has jumped the shark. Fire up the boat. I'm jumping the shark. Shark, shark, shark. Hey. It's not as good as it used to be. Things have gotten worse, not better. What happened to you? It was dump a Yeah, this is definitely jump the shark. And that uh, are buttholes uh, that spit and spat on security guards at Disney World for enforcing the mask policy. Um, this is this has now happened. There are two news stories. This happened once, and I was ready to name this uh, these this group of people uh, jump the shark. But now a second person did it in just seven days. Um, two people have spat on security guards at the most magical place on earth just for enforcing the mask policy. Now I will tell you, your job. I would do this no matter the location. I don't care if this was done at a Home Depot, which it has been done, uh, or a dollar store. There was a story uh, about seven months ago. Um, But this just happens to be at my second home, and I see it myself. Colin could get on the phone and tell you, too. I see the way that idiots treat these employees, and it's horrendous when they're All these employees are trying to do is do their job. You may not like the policy. You may think the virus uh, is not real. You may whatever. Whatever is happening on Earth 2. Here on Earth 1, these security guards are doing their job. They may not even like it. But they're there to do their job and to keep you safe within the Magic Kingdom. And you spitting on them is doing nothing but showing how ignorant you really are. Um, it infuriates me when I when I see, and I just saw I saw mistreatment of cast members when we were there last week. People screaming at employees like teenagers that are just doing enforcing rules that their corporation put into mm. place. It's you not kick little them out right. Oh, not a Disney. We found out from our guy um, when we did our tour, they have like a three strikes policy and they will track your ass. You get you get warned once. Then the second time you are pulled aside and said and you are told that if any other incident happens, you will be banned for life. And then uh, and they track you like there are. can, And that's another thing. People acting like uh, there aren't cameras everywhere. It is Disney World. You don't think you're being tracked? Come on. Oh, yeah. Um, anyway, they take it. So my second point is, if you're listening and you even feel the desire to yell at a cast member, which is what they call employees, I would not do that if I were you because... You just don't Di- even go. Disney doesn't play. Let me. You oh. may think it's all magic. Uh-uh. They do not play when it comes to this stuff and their policies. Trust me on this um so those idiots have jumped the shark today spitting on security guards no i'm sorry you should be arrested 
Uh, you, you, well, yeah, I, I think you should absolutely, you should not only be removed from the park, but you, you need to check yourself and, and check your heart because mm-hmm. you have a problem. Imagine, like, you're going to the ma- most magical, happiest uh-huh. place, right? Uh huh. Like, yeah, anyway, so there we go. Come back and have some fun. That's right. Get on Dumbo. Get on Dumbo. That sounded gross. But anyway, Take if you're right a, on Dumbo, go out there and be yourself because nobody can tell you're doing it wrong, right, Lex? <laughs> That's right. You be you, everyone, unless you're a terrible person. I feel like we need to reenact that. Have a great day, everyone. We love you so much. We'll talk.